you have your Bibles today, turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. We're in a series on winning the war in your mind. And how many know that uh, most of the wars are fought inside our mind? That's where it all starts, folks. And it's very important that we understand that today. And uh, Paul writes a lot about the mind, if you haven't uh, figured that out yet. That is the battlefield. But I like to start with something funny. Adam one time asked God, he said, God, why did you make my wife Eve? Why did you give her such beautiful, flowing, blonde hair? And God said, oh, son, that's easy, Adam. He said, because it would be easier for you to love her. And he said, oh, okay, God. Then he said, God, why did you give her such beautiful ice blue eyes? And God said, oh, Adam, that's easy. So you would love her. And he said, God, you gave her such a beautiful figure and unique features. He said, why did you do that, God? And God said, so you would love her, son. And he's like, God, I got one more question. And he said, uh, Lord, why did you make her so dumb? <laughs> he said, son, that's easy. So she would love you. <laughs> Praise God. Hey, man, I felt like we just raised the dead in here. Praise God. Hallelujah. And with that, I'm going home. Okay. Praise God. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Amen. We started last week on winning a war in your mind. And Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul writes, Do not conform. I'm getting a little ring up here. Do not conform. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. In other, words, in other words, listen, don't think like the world, don't act like the world, don't talk like the world. We don't need to look like the world, God knows. Don't behave like the world behaves. He says, do not conform. That's what he's saying. Don't conform, but be what? Transformed. How? By the, there it is, by the renewing of your mind. Now, how many know we need to have our minds renewed daily through the washing of the word? Amen. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would open the ears of the listeners and open the eyes of our understanding, that we would have a revelation on the mind being a battlefield. In fact, there's a war that wages daily, even in our sleep sometimes, God. Help us, Lord, to think about what we're thinking about and to discover and apply the antidote, which is found in the Word of God, to it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. You know, we're talking about winning the war in your mind. I don't know about you, but I've made some dumb decisions at times in my life. Have you ever made a bad decision before? Oh, yeah. In fact, if you go to my wife's closet, you'll see shoes. No, I'm just kidding. I won't go there, okay? It's a woman's prerogative. Okay, I won't go there. I won't go there, Judge. But, you know, how many know we can make irrational decisions based on emotion many times? And it leads us into all kinds of hot water. And uh, uh, Judge Paula Patrick has seen many of those folks that have made extreme bad decisions and wind up standing in front of her in a, in a court of law, the fifth largest court in the United States in Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, right? Gets its name from the Bible. So it's important to realize that, you know, I, as I was reading this book, Craig Rochelle said he got his first car. How many remember your first car? What was it? Somebody tell me. I thought we were speaking in tongues there for a minute, Rick. I was, I'm learning that from you. It was like, what was it? 78 Pinto. 78 Pinto. You got to give her a big hand. I remember the Pinto, the Ford Pinto. Awesome, Andrea. What color? 
Green. I, I know that car. A friend of mine had that exact same car. Not that exact one, but one like it. Anyway, somebody else tell me their first car. John. Ford Escort Station Wagon. 84. Same year I graduated high school. Amen. Wow. What color was that one? Red. All right. Somebody else. 76 Volkswagen Rabbit. Is that a diesel? Uh, okay, I know some of them were. Jeff, what did you? 84 Nissan Picket. There's a runner right there. Tom, Cindy, that guy's. 56 Chevy. Whoa. Roseanne. 51 Buick. Those are those cars they had. They were so big, it was like sitting on a couch, right? In fact, the cars today you can put in the trunk of those cars, right? <laughs> 78 Buick Electra, right out of, like a tank, right out of the movie Casino, right? Almost. All right, John? 69 Camaro. Whoa, man after my own heart there. Hey, man, Octavia, what'd you have? Uh, 89 Jeep Wrangler. 89 Jeep Wrangler. Wow. Was there somebody else? Chevy Beretta. All right. Josephine. 68 Corvair. Was that the was the motor in the back of them? I'm trying to remember. It was, Bob. Praise God. Well, now oh, there's more of them here. I feel like I'm an auctioneer today. I'm about about a 30, 40. Tell me quick. 1967 Ford Mustang. Oh, 67 Ford Mustang. What color? Blue. Blue. Oh my God. I had a couple 67 Mustangs. You know why I like Mustangs so much? Because the Bible said that Jesus is coming back on a white horse. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Amen, Terry. 72 Duster. 72 Duster. Old Plymouth. Was it green? Powder blue. Powder blue. Marianne, one more. 77 Ford. That was the, that was the Mustang 2, I think. Ooh, we know our cars. Praise God. Going once. Going twice. Going three times. No, I'm just kidding. Harry. Last one. 78 Rally Sport. All right. Awesome. Well, let's close the service in prayer. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, could, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. I don't know how I got off on that, but how many of you give me an extra couple minutes today? Five minutes? How many give five minutes? Let me go hold your hands up. Five, 10, 15, 20. Praise God. We'll just stay here until tonight. Amen. All right. But in the book, if you read it, he's Pastor Craig yourself said, my first car. Uh, he said, I bought, I saved up enough money to get my first stereo. It was an Alpine stereo. How many remember the old Alpine stereo? I mean, that was a high-end stereo. And he said, I was working a regular job, and I saved my money. But I didn't have the money, Brother Joe, to uh, install it professionally. So I figured, how hard can it be? I'll just do it myself. How many know there's things you should do yourself, and there's other things you should have done professionally? And he said, the problem with it was, like, the stereo, I, I, it took me all day to get it working. But when I finally got it installed, you know, cut the speakers out, got up underneath the dash, all the wires like that. He said, it sounded great. It was nighttime. I cranked it up. I had a little REO speed wagon going on there, maybe some Eagles, something like that, you know. And he said, man, I was cruising, and I was like this unbridled coolness guy at age 17, and uh, he said, you know, I, it sounded great. The next morning I came out to go to school. I wanted to impress the girls with my car. And he said, I started the car, but the stereo didn't work. 
And he said, I couldn't believe it. I spent all day on this thing, and it was working fine last night. I don't know what happened. So he said, I, you know, I, I went to school, then I went to work. And he said, I was coming home at night. I get in the car, turn on, and the stereo start playing. He said, it didn't make any sense. So I had a friend look at it, and he said, you've got the wires crossed. In fact, you're passionate into the headlights. So every time you put the headlights on at night, the stereo worked. Every time you shut them off in the day, the stereo didn't work no more. And he said, I got this revelation of like cross wires. I want to say to somebody here today, if we're not careful, our thoughts are like cross wires. And that's why our mind needs to be renewed by the power of God's word. We're talking about taking back your mind. And there's so many great verses. I'm just going to give you a few here today. We talked about this last week, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. Paul said it like this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. How many know we have different kinds of weapons that we fight with in the spiritual? On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's a lie of Satan that he's tried to get you to believe about a certain area of your life. We demolish arguments and every pretension, Paul writes, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Psychologists would call these thoughts what they call neuropathways. Neuropathways. Every time you think a thought, think about this. Every time you have a thought, your synapse fire flashes across your cerebrum. Are Are you still with me? Listen, science backs up God's word because God created science. You need to understand, it's not like, you know, there aren't things that back up. Psychology actually backs up God's word as well. So every time you think a thought, whether good or bad, it's actually easier to think at the second, the third, the fourth, the millionth time. They say the human brain is so powerful that it actually never forgets. It actually records every conversation you've ever had from the time you were an infant baby Every image of a person's face. That's why, how many know sometimes like you're in a place and you see somebody and you're like, man, I don't like that guy. Or, wow, I really like, I like to meet that person. You know why that is? Because your mind is so complex. The Bible said, come on, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. That we store in our cerebrum uh, images. And that's why sometimes when you see somebody, they, that might have been a person, they might have features, facial features, of someone that might have done you wrong many years ago. And immediately, it's like rubbing a cat backwards. How many of you understand what I'm saying? The mind is incredibly powerful. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ once we gave our heart to the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. The problem is we don't always use it. So neural pathways. For instance, like, you know, we got back from the West Virginia camp meeting. Man, it was awesome. We were exhausted. You know, you're getting in bed 2 a.m. and all this stuff. And you're up the next morning. We're go, go, go. We're like running on adrenaline and, and caffeine. And uh, we got home Friday night. And then the kids had their small group. So how many know our daughter-in-laws, they've been spitting out babies like people have popcorn. Just boom, 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 boom. Okay. So we're home like 45 minutes. Here comes all the grandkids. After like an eight and a half hour drive, you know, seven, all seven of them. And the youngest one, Levi, I mean, they're all, they're actually, they're great. We love having them. But, you know, how many know a baby has the same neural pathway? Like, in other words, if a mom looks at their little baby and says, goo goo gaga, the baby smiles. And it tells, that's a neural pathway. It actually creates that in the, in the infant's mind saying, that makes my mom smile. 
if they touch a hot stove, watch this, immediately they get a reaction like that. It tells their brain in that neural pathway, that's hot, don't touch that. We learn that and it creates these like grooves in our mind, either good or bad. If a baby's, a, you know, say a toddler and they say, I want a sucker, I want a sucker. And the mom's like, no, you can't have one right now, Johnny. I want a sucker. And they start to cry. And how many know the mom gives them the sucker? It tells the baby, when I cry, I get what I want. Does this sound vaguely familiar to anybody? How many know sometimes the parent is the sucker? <laughs> You're laughing because you know it's true. Praise God. And so what they're called is they're, they're, they're ruts. They're ruts in our mind in, in places like in Alaska where it's, there's two seasons. It's winter and July, okay? There's actually a place... I'm not sure the town, but because of the ruts that form in the ground, like ruts in your mind, think about this. There's a sign that says, choose wisely which rut you'll be in because it's going to be for the next 60 miles. Can I tell you this morning that your mind and these neural pathways are the same exact way? The thoughts you think. Listen, let me recap really quick. Your life is always moving in the direction of your most dominant thought. What are you thinking on? That's actually on you. You know, I've prayed before. I think I told you this last week. I've prayed before and, and you know, God, thank God that he has grace with me because I, I don't know about you, but I'm still learning. But I, I was praying not too long ago and I said, God, you got to help me with this. And this is what I heard the Lord say to me. Uh, Terry, son, that's actually on you. That one is actually on you. How many know it's called the responsibility, Right? So we can't blame God sometimes through prayer, and we believe in prayer. Well, we can't blame God for prayer when, when it's the man in the mirror. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. So as followers of Christ, we have special weapons. We have divine power, Paul said right here in the text, to demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's a wrong pattern of thinking. A wrong pattern, we get into a rut in our thinking. And yet the Bible says, what are we to do with that? Take captive every thought and everything that exalts itself against the name of Jesus. Make it bow to the obedience of Christ. Many people don't sleep in our society. I don't know what it is with that. I put my head on the pillow. I don't know about you folks. I'm out, like out. I mean, I'm sawing logs. Come on, somebody. My wife can testify to that. I have other people say, I never sleep. I never sleep. I never sleep. And so my first question is, what are you thinking about? What's on your mind? And I tell people, you know, listen, psychology would just tell you this. This is just a simple thing you can do. Take a pen and a pad, put it on your inkstand, and before you, you know, put out the light, write down the things that are weighing heavy on your mind because thoughts distangle themselves when they pass from the mind through the fingertips and out onto the paper. Can you say amen? Get them out of your mind, get them on the paper because we get in ruts. We, we have special weapons and again, your life is always moving in that direction. So what comes into your life tends to come out. I can't have a positive life if I have negative thoughts. Amen? And so if you don't control what you think about, you'll never be able to control what you do. It's really simple, but yet profound. If you don't control, how many know you're the gatekeeper of your mind? Martin Luther said it like this. You can't keep the birds from flying over your hair, but you can keep them from making a nest in your, in your hair, right? 
Think about it. So that's on you. That's on me. So we are the gatekeeper of what we think on. And so Philippians 4.8 is the classic verse. There's so many. And what I love about Paul was Paul wrote so much of the New Testament in your Bible. Amen? And just a little backdrop. Maybe you know this, maybe not. But Paul is in jail. He is in the Philippian jail. He's awaiting execution. So how many know that if anybody had a chance to feel sorry for themselves or to rant and to rave and to demand justice, it would be the great apostle Paul who wrote over half of the New Testament. And he, yet he doesn't do that. Why? Because he's gotten control of his mind. And what I love about Paul, and I just want to say this, it's fun to watch the progression because Paul wasn't always that way. In fact, in Romans 7, 15, he says it like this. The things I want to do, I don't do. You ever been there? Come on. You know you, you need to go to the gym, but you go to Burger King. Okay? And you don't take care of the temple. Guess what? If you don't take care of the temple, nobody can do it for you. It's the same with your mind. And, you know, are you thinking about what you're thinking about? Paul says in Romans 7, 15, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I wind up doing them. You ever been there? Like, oh, God, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it. Where's the ice cream? <laughs> right? You know this is true. And it's because of a rut. It's because of a, mind, a negative mind pattern. I'm not saying ice cream is wrong, okay? I'll see you at Nina's later, I'm sure. Two for one Sundays. Okay, whatever this. Praise God. So we've got to control it. Paul, look at Paul, Philippians 4. And now, dear brothers and sisters, this is in a new living. One final thing. Fix. Everybody say fix. Your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, and what is admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, but Paul said you don't have to think on that. I mean, you know, you didn't grow up like I did. If, I, if you grew up in my home, you'd be negative too. No, that's a choice that you get to make. You're the CEO of your own life. Amen? Amen. And so in, in the King James, he says it like this. Meditate. Everybody say meditate. Meditate, meditate on these things. Now, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Pastor. Isn't meditation some kind of weird like do-do-do-do-do-do-do? Where you sit and you cross your legs and you go, hum, hum. No, not necessarily. Not biblical meditation. Amen? They tell me that Far Eastern meditation is you must empty your mind. You must empty your mind. It's like people say, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. I'm like, I don't think you've got too much left to give. <laughs> I don't say that. I just think it. <laughs> You know, but they tell us that there's these type. Don't get it confused. There's biblical meditation. Is this okay this morning? Amen. Praise God. I know it's easier to say, Pastor, pray for me and run out the door. But the truth is, this is actually on you. And if everything begins with a thought, and we're going to take back our mind and win the war in our mind, we've got to think about what we're thinking about. And then we've got to uh, put the antidote to the problem, right? So Paul didn't say one final thought. I can't believe I'm in this jail. One final, final thought, brethren. I can't believe how wronged I am. Where's my attorney? 
No. He, you know, he, one final thought, brethren. I want you to know that I have been so wrong for preaching the gospel that this just isn't right. But he didn't say that. He said one final thought. Think on these things. Amen? Chained to a guard in a bad, bad prison. Not a country club prison. You know, I heard of somebody the other day that embezzled like 400 and some thousand dollars from a place. It was a federal investigation. You know what they said? They said, they stood before a judge. They said, he said, I can't do, his attorney said, I can't, he can't do all that time because he works a job. So they actually worked out a deal where the guy gets to go there on the weekends and just sleep there at night. Yeah, it wasn't that kind of prison, okay? This is a rat-infested, dark, dank prison, and he's naked, chained to a guard, awaiting execution. And he says, hey, one final thing. Think on the right things. Pretty important to fix our mind, amen? So we meditate. What is the definition of meditation? Here it is by Webster's, to engage in mental exercise to focus one's thought. How many remember the karate kid? One, two, and three. Remember? Can, I, can we just have a moment? How many of you know that the, the, when they redid the, what do you call it when you redo a movie? The remake of that with, uh, I can't even think of the guy's name. It was terrible. How many know it's just what, it's never as good as the original. But here's a great quote from a great theologian. Are you ready? His name is Jackie Chan. This is what he said in the movie. Your focus needs focus. Isn't that good? That's so biblical. That's more biblical than a lot of songs on Caleb. Oh, meditation. Here it is. David wrote it like this in Psalm 119 to 15. I meditate on your precepts, O God. I consider your ways. How about Psalm 143 regarding biblical meditation and the power of the mind and the thought life? I meditate on all your works and consider what your hands have done. Can I tell you, that's a great exercise right there. Psalm 77, the psalmist said, I will remember. He's going through the devil, and he's incredibly honest and transparent. You know, how many know he's complaining? He's talking about how bad it's been, and you know, that's what I love about the Psalms. I mean, it's, there's some ranting, some raving, and complaining, but yet he turns it and he says, but nevertheless, I will remember the working of my heavenly Father. We live in a world full of darkness, but as Judge Paula Patrick said earlier, we're children of light. And what are we going to do? Are we going to complain about the darkness or are we going to be a light? Amen. Think about it, folks. It's a choice that you and I have to make, but it all starts with our thoughts. Words are meaningless if we don't back it up with our lives. Can you say amen? amen. Christianese. Man, we've got Christianese as like a culture in America. We say something, I say something, you say amen. We say, bless be to God. We say things like that. We say these little, you know, cultural things. Christianese, but the truth is, if we're not applying the Word of God, it's quite hypocritical because by the time we get in our car, we've already lost that feeling. Well, come on, somebody. Tuesday afternoon, we're living just like everybody else. We're thinking about what everybody else is thinking. We're watching the same movies. We're having the same conversation. We're listening to the same music. Listen, here's what I found out. If you take care of your body, that's a good thing. How many know you got to train your body? And that's actually a big leap in the right direction to training your mind. You know, how many know, some of you are like, can you train your mind? Yes. Some of you never thought about that. How many know if you get a dog, a new puppy, you got to train it? You ever had to train a puppy? It's the worst. I hate it. I'll never have a puppy again. 
Amen. I declare a decree. <laughs> I was like, get you up in the night. They're whimpering and whining. And you got all this mess to clean up, you know. But how many know, just like your dog has to be trained, your mind has to be trained. Listen, a horse is absolutely of zero value until they've been broken. Once they've been broken, it's strength under power. Your mind has to be renewed every single day, loved ones. Come on. Amen? So I want to give you the how because preachers are notoriously, we do this thing where we tell you what the problem is, we don't tell you how to fix it. I don't just want little, you know, amen, hallelujah, that's good, but actually what does it do to renew your actual mind? And that's where I'm going to spend the last couple minutes. You still okay? I don't need to stand and sing a happy song to get you to wake up. Let me tell you this. The devil would love for you to miss this part because this is what you call the actual application of it all. What good is it to know it if you don't apply it? Amen? By the way, the Bible is filled with apps. Go to the app store right here, God's Word. Amen? So here's a question I want to ask you. What is your biggest stronghold? In other words, what lie has the devil tried to convince you of in your life? Because we all have areas. What spiritual truth from God demolishes the stronghold? And then once I find that out, listen, I've got to write it, write it down. I've got to think about it. I've got to meditate it on it. I've got to confess it and believe it. Are you still with me? Some people are struggling to know God's will. I say, my confidence is in Christ alone. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to train our mind. It's a skill. You can actually train your mind. Yes, the Holy Spirit is a big part of the equation, but he actually has given you the ability to train your mind. Amen? If I lack confidence, then I'm going to say, my confidence is in Christ and in Christ alone. Come on. Because his spirit lives within me, I can do everything that he's called me to do. How about you? Can you say that? Amen. I used to work with a guy, a couple of guys that weren't exactly like Jesus through the night. And they were tough. This one guy won't say his name because you never know who's watching. But he was a difficult person, Judge. I mean, he was a very difficult. And I used to work third shift. I used to swing these shifts years ago. I was running from the call of God on my life and all that. And so I had a really good job. But how many know you can run, but you can't hide? And I was working with this guy. He was very difficult. Nobody but nobody could work with him for more than like a week. I worked with him two and a half years through the night running these big old printing presses. And you know my favorite verse used to be, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do, and listen, let me tell you, when you start declaring that and speaking that over your life, faith will well up and rise up in you. And then those neuropaths, it's easier and easier and easier and easier to think that and to believe it when you declare it. But it starts in the mind, amen? Don't give vent to your flesh. That's the problem with social media. We just put anything out there for the world to see. By a man's words, he'll be justified. By a man's words, he'll be condemned. Think about it. All wars have started by words. But even before the words, they've started by thoughts. Are you still with me? So, listen, if I'm fighting lustful thoughts, okay? If I'm fighting lustful thoughts, what do I do with that? You say, I'm not a slave to lustful thoughts. Start to say that. I've had people tell me, you know, I just can't, I just can't get free of it. I, yes, you can. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on. 
I just can't help it. I can't help it. I go to the gym. I keep checking out this trainer. You know what? Let me tell you this, sir. You have a neck. It's meant to turn your head. <laughs> Amen, Brother Kyle? Praise God for big Kyle back there. You know, he played in the NFL with the New York Jets. And he's, and he's working detail for the judge. And I said, thank God, he's a saved man. Look at that guy back there. Give him a big hand, I'll tell you. <laughs> Bless you. You know what he said to me on the break? Pastor, you didn't tell me you knew how to sing. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. So I've got to focus on the good things, right? Amen. Fight lustful thoughts. I say things like this, my God is faithful. Even if I'm tempted, he will always give me a way out. You know, the Bible said that God will make a way of escape for you. There's no temptation that God himself hasn't experienced. Can you, can you say, well, Jesus didn't be, are you kidding me? He had women washing his feet with their hair. Think about that. So we've got to, we've got to get the word in us and to renew our minds. Amen. How about this one? I find comfort in food when I'm stressed. How many know they call it comfort food for a reason? I turn to God, not food. I come to Jesus because he is what I need him. I find strength. Yesterday, I won't say his name because I don't want to have to do extra laps on the stepper this week. <laughs> but he texted me and said, you're going to the gym, right? And how many know they got these great emojis now? It's like this guy with his hands on his hip, jacked, sleeveless. You're going to the gym, right, pastor? And I said, I don't feel like going to the gym. I feel like going to eat a steak and cheese. That's what I feel like doing. It's real. See how this works? It's the battle, but it's in the mind. Amen? Say, so what did you do? I went to the gym. And then I had a steak and cheese. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> but I burned it off, you know. And Rick said to me, it's okay once in a while, you know. Just don't live with steak and cheese. I asked my wife, I said, put the order in for steak and cheese. By the way, we got one of the best steak and cheese. And you turn me on the, in this area, my gosh. I said to her, I called her, I said, order uh, steak and cheese. It was if she had a babysit. I was coming back from, the, we were just busy. We hit the ground running here. Folks, there's a lot of people around here, you know. Think about it. Our life is a little crazy. and we, Our family's growing. And I, I was so hungry. I said, order steak and cheese. I did my work at the gym. My arms feel like they're hanging like this. If you think I'm bad, my son, you know what they did when they were down there in West Virginia? Can I just, is this okay? We just have a moment here. All right, I'm almost done. He had, I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. They just discovered this thing in West Virginia called pepperoni rolls. Have you ever had of a pepperoni roll, anybody? My God, Jeff, you and me, and John, you heard of these? My gosh, you talk about the ultimate comfort food. I took a bite out of that thing. I had instant heartburn. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like pour gasoline down there, you know. But I said, oh, I said, you order steak and cheese. This place right here, what's it called? The Mayfield, what? Mayfield Sub Shop. Man. So I said, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, we're, they're so big, we're going to order one and split it. But how many know my wife can eat anything and it just doesn't show? <laughs> Nothing sticks to her. Me, if I eat that ice cream, I might as well just add it right here with a spatula. I'm telling the truth. I said, order this sub. She, I go to pick it up. I walk in the door. The guy goes, that'll be $28.50. I'm like, what? This is like a second mortgage payment, you know? I said, what in the world does she order? Joe, it wasn't one of these subs that's like, supposed to be like this, and they cut it. It was like longer than this pulpit. 
I'm not making it up. And it was some kind of, what was those fries called? Some kind of, what was it? John Wick fries. My God, I think that weighed 20 pounds, this container. There's ground beef and jalapeno. I'm like, what did you order? I'm trying to behave myself. I'm going to preach a sermon on influence. I mean, come on. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Amen. So what did we do? We ate some. And there was so much left over we gave to Kyle and Alyssa last night. Right before we went down to babysit, right? But the important thing is, and I'm almost done, is we've got to apply the word of God to our life. Can you say amen? Worship team, come back. If you're battling worry, you know, again, write this out. You've got to identify the stronghold. Where is it coming from? What is the stronghold? Everybody's got something. Don't sit there and look all holy and pious to me. I've been doing this too long. Come on. You ain't fooling me. Can you imagine how many people have come in front of the judge 28 years and try to say, I'm innocent? It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? She could see him coming. Can I, I tell you, as your pastor who loves you and cares for your soul, really, I want to help you folks. You got to get a hold of this right here. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Both good and both bad. If you say you can't do it, guess what? You can't do it. It's no hocus pocus stuff. This is in your Bible. The word of God is powerful. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Amen? Praise God. Amen. Amen. Worship team's coming back. Write it, thank it, confess it until you believe it. Creating neural pathways, renewing your mind with the help of the Holy Spirit. The lock give and killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. Amen? Praise God. Starts with forgiveness. Amen. Amen. I want to declare something over you today. Go ahead and stand. And please, just nobody moving around. We're finishing here. They're going to start playing something in a moment. I want to give you an invitation. But I'll, before I do that, I want to declare something over you. Are you ready? How many know it's good to declare a thing? The Bible says, decree a thing. I want to speak something as your pastor, as a man of God, over your life. Are you ready? If you are, lift your hands. Signify that by lifting your hands. I'm going to speak this over this congregation. If you're watching at home, you can lift your hands right where you're at. Let your kids, sir, see you humble yourself before the Lord. God gives grace to the humble. He despises the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Amen? Here it is. You are strong and mighty. You have the same power in you that raised Christ from the dead. You are a weapon of righteousness in a world of darkness. You are not your past. You are what God said you are. He says you're forgiven. He says you're redeemed. He says you are free. You are not a hostage to your unhealthy thoughts. The weapons you fight with are not the weapons of this world. You have divine power to demolish every stronghold that tries to come against you. You have the mind of Christ directing your thoughts. You have the word of God guiding your steps. Worry is not your master. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, guards your mind, guards your souls in Christ Jesus. Your God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and that of love and that of a sound mind. The Lord is your helper. He will not, you will not be afraid. You 
are not a slave to your habits. You are not a prisoner to an addiction. Well, that one right there. I have more people. I, I'm just, I'll, I'll be an addict my whole life. Stop saying that. Start thinking on what God's word says about you. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Trust me, I know. I've been there many years ago. And I'll never forget where God's brought me from by his grace. This works, folks. God's word, God's spirit makes all the difference over a person's life. You have been rescued from the power of the darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Your God will bless you abundantly so that in all things and at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Not death, not demons, not the present, nor the past. No power on earth will ever separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Let me tell you something. Most of life's battles are won and lost in the mind. We have the mind of Christ. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm going to ask you one question before we close today. One question. Do you know my Jesus? Are you sure that you're right with God? Do you wake up in the morning with Jesus on your lips? Let me tell you how powerful God is, folks. Elisha came to me this morning and he said, Pastor, I'm having such a sore throat that when I spit, blood came out. But he said, I believe if you'll lay hands on me and anoint me with oil, because I've got a job to do serving today, that God will heal my body. Thank God for the faith of these kids. I said, where's the oil? I've come in here thinking about a sound check. I'm, where's the oil? I want to grab the oil. Anoint them with oil. We prayed a prayer of faith in the back. You sent me a message before. What would you say? Completely better. Pain completely gone in Jesus' name. Amen. So take that, devil. Don't try to put anything on the people of God. Amen? Do you know my Jesus? Do you wake up in the He said, how do I know? Do you wake up in the morning with Jesus on your lips? Do you sing his praises throughout the day? Is Jesus everything to you? Every head bowed, every eye closed. In the presence of the Lord, I'm asking you, if you don't know him, why not by faith today receive him into your heart and to your life and let your mind be renewed. Stop thinking and conforming to the patterns of this world, but let God renew everything about you. If you're here today and you need Jesus, you're here today and you need forgiveness, this pastor is for you. This church is for you. We're trying to help people in this community. This isn't just about a, a church. This is about a change that only Christ can bring. If you're here today and you need God, you need forgiveness, I'm going to ask you very simply just to go ahead and raise your hand and say, that's me, that's me. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, go ahead. Others today, God bless you. I need the Lord. I'm not ashamed to ask for God's help. God bless you. God bless you this morning. God bless you. I'm going to ask you if you raised your hand as we sing the chorus, Amazing Love, to just make your way out of your seat and come stand here. We're going to pray together. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amazing love, how can be? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. For me. Amazing love. Amazing love. 
my joy to honor you. Amazing love. Amazing love, how can it be that you, my King, would die for me? joy to honor you in all I do. I honor you. As folks that came forward today are making a decision to follow Jesus. How many of you guys are in the recovery center? I see your hands. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to pray with you this morning. We have a meeting here for anybody who wants to go to the Holy Lands at the end of this service. We're almost done. But let me tell you something. This is the most important thing that will take place today. This is where people are passing from death to life. The Bible said their name is recorded in the land. When we pray, let me tell you. In fact, when they stepped out of that aisle, it's like a chain, like a ball and chain, a weight come right off your ankle. Right? Amen. Praise God. We're going to pray. But I want you out here in these seats today. Why don't you turn to the person on your right and on your left and say, you need me to go forward with you. You never know. Just encourage them. It's not out of guilt. It's out of love and mercy and the grace of God today. It's freely extended to you this morning. Is there anybody else that needs to be up here today? Hallelujah. In the balcony, you guys okay up there? Coming down. Give them a hand today. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amazing love, how it be. That you, my king, would die for me. That you, my king, would die for me. Amazing love, Amazing love. Oh, I know it's true. Jesus, it's my joy to honor God bless you, sis. God bless you. In all I do. I honor you. Nine. Nine people. Some of you, and I saw this in my spirit last night when I was praying, that hell did their absolute best to take you out. Not just from this church, but to literally snuff out your life. I saw it. I saw that deep within here. The Bible said, if you need a verse for that, John 10.10, 10, the thief, that Satan, comes to steal kill and destroy. He wants people to remain an addict. I, I bury addicts all the time. I'm sick and tired of bur burying them. I, there's five funerals in two weeks, all kids that were in their 20s right here. You think this is only in Philadelphia? This is everywhere. It's hell's way of trying to snuff out this generation. I'm going to say something, devil. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. So we're going to pray out loud together. I want everybody to pray this prayer in closing. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus today, today while, I was listening to the Bible, while I was listening to the Bible, I realized, I realized that I need you. I need you. I'm, sorry, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, if I've hurt you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Father, if I've grieved your Holy Spirit. Today, in faith, I confess with my mouth 
I believe in my heart that God the Father raised his son, Jesus Christ, from the grave. And because he lives, I too have eternal life. I am saved. Help me to live for you, to renew my mind by the washing of the word, and worship, and prayer, and a life of holiness, empowered by the precious Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Now let's give God praise. Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of yourself listening and tag us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God. We'll see you next time. And remember, we love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.